0: Welcome to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel, and today in this episode, I talk with Prit. She is a marketing strategist who helps her clients to step out from behind their logos and become the face of the brand. So what is it that you wanna be known for?
1: So my online pseudonym is The Marketing Nomad. My name is Prit. So as the name suggests, I am a marketing strategist. And um, one of my deepest passion is to travel the world while helping businesses across world with their marketing strategies empowering business owners to implement their marketing strategies with confidence Mm -hmm. so that is where i am Um, my journey to becoming the marketing nomad has been really fascinating has been amazing and it has been a journey that i have learned a lot Uh, You know, in terms of branding, in terms of marketing, because I think it's a little different when you are trying to set up your personal brand versus a brand for a business. And at some point, those two do merge, Mm -hmm. but it has been really interesting for me to learn along the way, as well as implement many of the strategies that I've learned so far.
0: Yeah, you're right. There is a difference between the personal brand and the corporate brand. It takes a... It takes a bit of courage to, for certain business owners to step up and be that face and have that personal brand to drive the, the brand forward. Because what happens online is people want to talk to people. People don't want to talk to logos. They don't want to talk to avatars. They want to know who is driving the ship and what, who, what are they about? What are their values? And can we align with those values as consumers? And for the younger age groups, that is becoming more and more apparently important as the younger kids become a young adults and start working their way into the market as consumers. Now when did you start, because you're young.
1: Uh, when did I start? I, I am 29 years old. Um, yes, don't look like
0: it. <laughs> get, okay, everyone, she is 29 years old. <laughs> wow. I don't look like it. I know right. I know. What I is think- your secret? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's genetics. Hey, you I know guess- right now it might be a bit of a pain for you but when you're my age You'll
1: be like, "Hmm, it'll it'll feel really good. (laughs) No, I absolutely love it. Like, you know, I mean, I know that people talk to me like, you know, I'm 20 years old and then I'll just be observing their body language. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm 29, though. And then, you know, the sudden shock is always um, amazing. Wow, you've got more experience than I thought. You're not
0: just some kid out of high school. I'm thinking you need to be carded at at the local bar. (laughs) Oh, that's
1: so sweet, Shannon. Well, I'm 29 years old. I have an MBA degree. I have an engineering degree as well. so I started my personal branding journey and my entrepreneurial journey two years ago. It's been quite the roller coaster, I would say. Started because I had to leave the US to come to India and that was because my work visa wasn't processed over there. So I had to come to India to come back and it was devastating for me. I had to leave a full-time job, my friends, my colleagues, all those amazing people, a place I'd called home. When I came to India, I thought that either I could just put my resume on LinkedIn or I could start something on my own. I was thinking about it, I realized that I'd rather start something on my own, give it my everything for a year, see where it goes, and then maybe make a decision. I thought I owed it to myself at that point because I was already at step zero. You know, I had to go look for a job and all of those things. I started my journey two years ago. It's been two years of a lot of lessons, (laughs) 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 Uh, you know, my personal brand as well as um, my business. It has been challenging to say the least. It has been eye-opening in terms of experiences. And I think I've gotten to know myself a lot better through this personal branding journey of mine as
0: well. So what did you do when you were working in the States? What was your job? I was a
1: marketing coordinator. I was just fresh out of my MBA. um, And that was the first job that I had ever. I think. <laughs> so I was a marketing coordinator and I was basically helping out my marketing manager with everything on the back end marketing. So all of that knowledge and experience that
0: I had uh, really helped me towards my business as well. We learn from each other in marketing. Absolutely, it's a very dynamic fluid industry where you've also got to figure out what is real and Mm. what's just pure bs absolutely because there's a lot of people out there spouting off things that they've read and they've had no experience
1: like as a marketer, yes, mm-hmm. I think we automatically have that filter in our brain that says, okay, that's BS. Okay, well, that could make sense. And then we try to implement it. So for us, I think the filter is very inherent. But if you are a business owner, you know, and you're looking at how to figure out if the information is correct or not, I would say extensive research. I would also say hiring a marketing consultant mm-hmm. to talk about what you have read online, whether it's uh legit, or whether it is actually going to harm your business because a lot of the advice that I see out there can give a very bad brand perception can actually harm the business owner. Mm-hmm. So I think research, hiring a consultant, and not just that, I think that when you are looking at advice, you always have to give it a trial period. You can't just always go full blown into it. And then beyond which, if you feel that, yes, it is working, it is giving me the results, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good about the entire process. The KPIs are really hitting it Uh, to the goals, then yes, continue with it. So I think having a trial period for the advice that you have online and also your own judgment at the end of it, I mean, uh, pretty much you will be able to filter out on an intuition level. I think entrepreneurs and business owners, we are inherently gifted
0: with that intuition as well. You know, there's so much out there in terms of channels. You know, back in the day when I was looking like you. (laughs) Um, Actually, I would have been younger. (laughs) Back in the day when I was younger. Um, It was advertising, direct mail, Mm. yellow pages as a book. And you got some PR through the news if you were lucky. But nowadays... There's tons of different ways to drive traffic and to guide people from being an audience to a customer. What are some of your favorite platforms to do that on? So
1: I find this a very tricky question, Shannon, because my favorite platforms might not exactly be the best for the other person i think that marketing is so subjective Mm -hmm. so uh, like especially with this question i find it very tricky to navigate because i get this question a lot like for my clients they're like okay what is your favorite platform i'm going to do it as well and i say no you actually have to look at your target audience you have Mm -hmm. to see where they're at and then figure out a platform that is a favorite for you for your business
0: i love that answer like hands down That is the best answer to that question, because you're right. It is where is your clientele? Where do they hang out? That should be where you're at. It's going to be different for each business. Because they, they could be D to C, they could be B to C, they could be B to B, they could be D to B, they could be on their head, they could be upside down, they could be going this way, they could be going yeah. that way. Who knows, right? Absolutely. And for you, you're going to have a specific one for your audience and for yes, trying to get absolutely. customers and clients for yourself. So which, one, which platform though, do you like to hang out on?
1: I personally, because of my clientele and just my nature my personality i really like to hang out on instagram a lot Mm -hmm. my age group usually hangs out a lot more on instagram than we do on facebook i'm on most of the platforms to be honest like i have a podcast i'm on youtube Mm -hmm. um what else well and i am a little bit on facebook but instagram i feel it's where I can show my personality, especially with the reels that have come in. It's where I can be goofy, but at the same time, I do give uh, valuable tips to my audience. I share a lot of insight to my personality, I share a lot of insight to my brand value, my mission, my goals, and just basically who I am as a person. And I find that on that particular platform, it is easier for people to connect with me. It is easier for uh, potential customers to understand who I am Mm -hmm. and build that trust. And not just that, I think that I've had a lot more, a lot more enriching conversations on Instagram than I have had on any other platform so far. And I think that's one of the best parts of my journey.
0: Yeah, because there are different platforms kind of fit for what people enjoy. I mean, I enjoy Twitter. Everyone has their own favorite way of communicating with people. But if you have a business that you're a client that you're working with and if their favorite place is Facebook, is that where their customers are going to be or is... Like are we so aligned with our customers that we're gonna be where they are or do we have to really do the research and find out where they are?
1: That's a really, really good question, Shannon. And personally, I have battled with this question in the beginning. Many of the entrepreneurs Uh, who were already in this space that I'm in, were mostly on YouTube, they had not yet established themselves on Instagram. And when I tried YouTube, I mean, I am a YouTuber right now. But when I first started out, I was giving tips on YouTube, and it just didn't match my personality. It just didn't clash with me. And so I think an answer to your question is, there needs to be a balance. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a balance between your audience being there and your strengths as a business owner with your personality, with what you are comfortable with. Because as much as my target audience was on YouTube, Mm -hmm. I was not able to attract them at all because I just wasn't comfortable. I was not taking advantage of my strengths. So for me, looking at another platform that was Instagram, where my audience also exists over there. But it was a different platform because it allowed me to be myself, to show off my strengths in a lot of ways. I think that having that healthy balance of, yes, researching where your target audience uh, is or are present, and then balancing it out with the content, the kind of content that you are ready to put out there or works to your strengths is a very delicate and interesting way to go about it, yes. But I do wanna put it out there that just because your audience is on one platform, it doesn't mean that they will only stick to that platform. There is a possibility that they are also open to other platforms or they are already existing on those other platforms. I know that people get scared. They're like, oh my God, I have to focus only on one platform because they're all there. Mm -hmm. That's not always the case. That's I think 100% not true. They will be on other platforms. It's just up to you to figure out what works for you where they are and work to your strengths you know that nice balance is what makes a
0: difference oh and i think you're right because people are on multiple platforms people Absolutely. aren't just on facebook people aren't just on instagram They're on multiple platforms for multiple different reasons. Let's say I'm on Facebook. Why am I on Facebook? Am I on Facebook? Because I'm looking for professional connections and trying to learn about in my industry or what's going on in another industry. Do I go to Facebook for that? Probably not. Mm, Probably not. That is a very good point. I am going to probably go to Facebook because I am there. Not actually I don't really like Facebook, but <laughs> if I go to Facebook it's because I want to connect with family and friends and see what they're up to. Absolutely. How old are their kids now? So if I'm a business owner trying to connect with me in a business mindset on Facebook is not going to hit the mark as well as if you're talking to me when I'm on LinkedIn because when I'm on LinkedIn my brain has shifted into work mode. I am in that research mode and I am looking for specific information, which you may have available for me. I'm not going to Facebook to look at it. And if I see it on Facebook, it's like, well, I'll deal with that later. Have I ever gone back to a post that I've saved on Facebook? (laughs) I'm pretty sure no. (laughs) No. So be where your customer is in the mindset that your business sits in. Does that make sense? Yes,
1: I think I think you make a very valid point there, Shannon. Because you know, I I was just thinking about it when you were talking. So, you, like for example, if your target audience are entrepreneurs, coaches, and uh, you know, content creators we most likely hang out on Facebook with the objective to connect with other entrepreneurs, to find clients and all of those things. So we might be more receptive on Facebook. However, if you were a jewelry business or maybe if you were anything else like a clothing brand, your audience, might not be in that receptive mode uh, towards you selling to them on that social media platform. No, I
0: don't you want know? to be sold. Nobody wants to be sold to on LinkedIn. Absolutely. There's there's a reason why there's not products to buy on LinkedIn, because that's not where people are. People are looking to connect and make build relationships. Absolutely. But Instagram for fashion, big time. Absolutely.
1: I think it depends heavily on the social media platform on your audience on your competition as well mm-hmm. on you marketing is basically a delicate balance between all of them where you do have to do your research but at the same time it needs to be working to your strengths there are so many brands that i can think of didn't do so well on instagram even though their peers or their competition did well but they did really well on twitter because mm-hmm. that's
0: just what their brand's strength is. What yeah. you're talking about is authenticity. Yes, And absolutely. where are you able to be more authentic? But not absolutely. only that, where are you able to show up and have fun? Because, I know. Yes. you know, if if you have fun on Twitter, and you don't have fun on Facebook, it's about where you feel comfortable, it's about where you have fun, it's about where you want to engage with people, and you show up consistently because you like going there and it becomes a habit because you enjoy being there. As a business owner, make that your profile. Hire somebody to create content and post to all those other platforms as, a, as your broadcaster. I always tell people like, I should be your advertising. I'm not your end all be all. You know, you still have to go and show up one place. I don't care where you show up, but at least show up one place to engage with people. And then I'll just be the broadcast piece. I'll create the ads and create the content and tell your story. Together, we will connect with people. A lot of people don't wanna do social media. They just wanna hire it out, which is fine. What would you suggest business owners do? Do do you think that they should be engaging even if they just wanna hire somebody to do it all for them? I think that's a great question. I think
1: that especially for small business owners, for um, entrepreneurs, it is important and imperative for them to be the face of their business. I think that we have reached a point in marketing, in in terms of branding and in terms of positioning, where people expect to see you as the face of your business. It is no longer an option. And it's not something that I determine or not. It's just people's expectations. Mm -hmm. And when you don't meet to their expectations, there is definitely a disconnect between your brand and you know, your audience. I think business owners need to start getting comfortable with the idea of being the face of their business. And I really liked your idea where you put one platform where you engage with your audience. It doesn't have to be all the platforms. You can outsource the others, but one platform needs to be your primary source of contact between you and your customers. I really like that idea. One of the reasons why business owners hesitate to be the face of their company or their business is, I I think I would say just not sure of how people would perceive them. I Mm -hmm. think that it is more of a mindset problem than it is about them just showing up. It's a limiting belief that I have to tackle as a consultant. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, even though I'm a marketing strategist, this is also part of my job. What is the limiting belief? And then they say, okay, maybe I'm not so confident. I'm not sure if I will be perceived properly. What if I say the wrong thing online? That also could be there.
0: It lasts for two seconds. Absolutely. And maybe five people saw it. (laughs) And only one person (laughs) comprehended what they were reading.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it's more of a limiting belief that needs to be tackled. But I think it's always about baby steps. This is what I tell my clients as well. First, maybe you don't have to immediately show up on your Instagram stories. I understand it's a little bit of a big jump. But maybe start DMing as yourself, Mm -hmm. maybe start sending voice notes in your DM. People know it's you. They don't they don't think that it's just social media manager who's sitting behind working for you, you know? Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. People do want that interaction with the business owner. There have been so many letters by CEOs that I read and my heart goes, oh my God. Yes, I absolutely feel what the brand wants to tell me because the CEO came out and spoke to me about it. Mm -hmm. It's when you step in as the face of your business that really builds the connect. So start with small steps. It doesn't have to be a giant leap. All of the responsibility doesn't have to come on you. small steps really work.
0: One of the things that I tell people to do is pick your platform and every day go out and comment on five posts. Can you do that? Just do that. See what happens. Because it that's going to get them noticed faster. Absolutely. Than creating a ton of content. Sorry Gary B. It's just the way I think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like i said i think that marketing is a lot of pieces in play together i don't think that we we can say oh this is why it's working no no Uh, if if anything is working in my business it's because of the 20 strategies that are in place trying to hold it together yes i think that just commenting will work or just showing up is gonna it's not it's all of them put together all the pieces have some sort of synergy with each other working
0: yeah. together so absolutely yeah. shannon you are 100 right besides social media and youtube now you also have a podcast how has that okay. helped you with your brand oh
1: definitely so i wanted to create an international brand i didn't just want to help businesses in a specific location. So that's why I started my podcast, not just that. I realized that one thing that picked up on this episode was the mindset of your audience needs to be really receptive to what you have to offer. Mm. And the content that I was putting out on YouTube in the beginning, when I first started my journey, I realized that my audience was not receptive to that. They didn't come on YouTube to listen to, you know, long-term marketing strategies if they wanted long-term marketing strategies, they were actually listening to their podcast. you know, driving to work and listening and absorbing all that material. So I started on podcasts because I realized that the content I was putting out, that the content I wanted to put out was not received because my audience was not in the receptive mode. So it was not well received on YouTube, or at least I was not getting the engagement that I was looking for on podcast. I started it because my audience is a lot more receptive. My podcast episodes are 20 to 30 minutes. It's as long as a drive. They are open. You know, sometimes they're working when they're cleaning the house or, you know, when they're working, they're listening to my podcast has achieved a wider target audience for me Mm -hmm. in terms of their accessibility to me as a mm-hmm. content creator as a business owner and not just that i think my podcast as of last week has reached 147 cities across the world and i wow. think that's that's amazing i'm impressed brilliant yeah I, I exactly so i don't think that i could have had that kind of reach uh, by just being by myself without a without a podcast so mm-hmm. that's just amazing for me it's mind blowing
0: You just said something that I want to unpack for a bit there because you said doing it by yourself. Now, are you a solopreneur like me? Yes, at the moment. So that means a ton of work, not just on your client's behalf, building their personal brand and content, but (laughs) on your own. Yes. So how do you manage it? Ah. <laughs> oh, it's a process,
1: Shannon. It's a process. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Um, it took a lot of trial and error to get to a point where I'm very comfortable. It's like clockwork. So mm-hmm. I don't do social media content for my clients. I, I'm a strategist. Balancing my content, strategy for my content, creating content, It's it's a lot of work. And mm-hmm. I think... Balancing that without burning out has been quite the challenge for me and I think a few tips is just like time management, trial and error with all of these things and knowing how much time you need to dedicate I think this was a huge mistake that I made when I first started out because I was not thinking as a business owner for my Mm -hmm. business I was thinking as a marketer and I think you will agree Shannon but as a marketer I feel like we want to invest all of our time into marketing and we just we're just so focused into that but I realized that as a business owner there's so many other things I have to do like I'm the janitor I'm the administrator I'm
0: the person filing my taxes. Oh, There's those so- taxes! Oh, rescue oh, taxes! <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely. Like, oh, I just want to make enough money so I can hire someone to do my taxes. That's absolutely. it. Absolutely, <laughs> that's it. That's that's absolutely
1: it. And the, when I realized that I had to make the shift, and I had to realize that I needed to balance my marketing, I needed to give like good amount of time to marketing but at the same time to other tasks as a business owner and also for my clients as well. So i usually keep limits it's something that has worked for me like at any given point given how um long and extensive each of my client projects are it's six months or a little over six months and it's a lot of my time and investment i usually don't take more than one or two clients at a time having those limits understanding what my limitations are as a human as well has really helped me balance it all at the point of two years in yes
0: i guess i would say it is pretty smooth. So what is it that you do for your clients? Like you can only take two clients and you're, you know, I mean, that means that you're doing a lot for them. So what are you doing for your clients?
1: So basically I handle all of the strategizing. So for example, you are having a brand launch. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who is going to figure out how to position your brand. If you haven't started it with it at all, I'm the one who figures out how we're going to launch I work with the social media team to create content, to like strategize what kind of content and then they will create. And then I'm the one who oversees that entire project. I work with maybe the e-commerce manager if they're a digital shop, work with them to see how best to make the customer experience really, really awesome. It's giving the business owner as much of support help that I can give to make them feel comfortable one, and to make them feel confident about the strategies that they are implementing. So yes, on my end, I do give strategies, but at the same time, as a, as a strategist, I need to make sure that they can uphold it long-term. I make sure that there are systems in place so that they can continue implementing the strategies that I have created for them. So that is basically my job.
0: Yeah, know like when I'm dealing with clients through, like I have clients that I just do the strategy. And they want to do all the tasks and that's great but i still have to make sure that they got those tasks done yes absolutely. because if i want to get paid they have to <laughs> feel like they got value in the end i mean i give them a full-out workbook yes. we've gone through all of this they know exactly everything they've got the calendar they've got the whole nine yards but there's still that action piece yes because life happens and they absolutely. get busy their businesses get busy Things happen and then their business slows down for one reason or another. They didn't keep up on the tasks and they're wondering why they don't have anything in the funnel.
1: Absolutely. As a consultant, I'm pretty sure that you will agree, Shannon, is understanding what could be the possible limitations for my clients in the future Mm -hmm. and kind of factoring that like, you know, my client might think, oh, I can do 10 hours of social media content per month. And I'll be like, no, I, I don't think you can. You know, that's where we step in as consultants, because we know how to envision and we know what their limitations in the future could possibly be. I think that as a consultant, as a strategist, I think that is one of my strengths as well. And I'm pretty sure you do that as well for your clients.
0: Well, I give them, you know, I want you to do this. And hopefully, <laughs> along the way, next time I talk to them, like, did you do that? <laughs> well, okay. well, then we're talking about 50,000 other things and we, and we <laughs> might get to talking about the marketing. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I like coaching. I, I really enjoy brand story coaching because it is helping them uncover and get to that before we even get to the strategy piece and then putting those processes in place. But 10 hours a month on social media, okay, great. What are you creating that it's only gonna be 10 hours a month? That is true. The other thing is, is that we know how long it takes to create this content. And one of the mistakes I made at the beginning was undercharging because, you know, trying to prove myself, get that client, get that, you know, things going but they don't understand how long it takes to come up with that strategy to build that content, to write that copy, and then post it. I do so many things. It's, people just don't know how long it takes. Oh, it's social media, you just post something, right? <laughs> no, no. Oh. How long does it take you to do a podcast? For me, basically the podcast starts with research
1: of what are the topics that my audience would like to hear, is trending at the moment, or just questions that I have been asked in my DMs or responses to other podcasts. Like, you know, please, can you give a little bit more details? I do my planning for the entire year. I, I know wow. I'm a little different that way, but each of my podcasts are like the, at least the titles are planned a year in advance. Uh, as of today, I think I have episodes planned all the way till October
0: or November, if I'm not wrong. Okay, so- I feel terrible. I don't even know I don't even know who I'm interviewing at any one time well, it's like I... it's like you come on we talk about for two minutes and then I'm like okay let's get going we're gonna do this and I'm learning about you <laughs> just the way anyone that's listening to this is learning about you and I'm hoping they're laughing their ass off right now <laughs> because talk about two different ways of doing things even if oh. I don't have guests because mm-hmm. I'll just be thinking hmm I wonder if people realize that their brand is a secret you know what? I'm going to do a podcast about it. It's a secret, <laughs> and I literally, in 20 minutes, do a podcast about it's a secret, and then I post oh, it.
1: I don't even. Amazing. I don't even have a calendar. Oh, that is amazing. No, it's that not. Is, for it's me. Wrong. I think...
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, for me, I think it was more that I was so scared that I would run out of topics that I. I was. I just wrote hundred topics, and then I just started putting dates each of those topics so for me it came out of fear and not out of because I want to be um, very very sophisticated in my approach it was more fear-based so I'm something that I'm proud of
0: (laughs) I think you should be because you're being really strategic yeah you're building you know you're listening to your audience you're researching your audience that's true I'm just flying by the seat of my pants and hopefully somebody out there well well, look at two different approaches
1: but you know still doing so well so I think think that is amazing I think that shows that if you work to your strengths um you know things just flow things really really do work out
0: (laughs) No, I'm just having fun I really am just having (laughs) fun you know I'm I'm too old to be scared of anything look here here here's the secret you want to know the secret you hit 40 and all of a sudden you don't care what anybody thinks about you I don't know (laughs) what it is I've asked other people this they say yeah yeah, I hit forty and all of a sudden it's like all those fears I had about people judging me are gone. Boom. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I think I've always like been this kind of person, like a no care person. Like I, the same strategy that you have for your podcast, I have for Instagram. At that point, I'm like, I'm Bollywood dancing. I'm doing reels that, where I'm making fun of myself. I'm just, you know, I let loose and I don't really care. But I think with the podcast, like because I, it was new for me, it was a very new concept for me at that okay. point. This was like two years ago. Yeah. And um, I wasn't sure whether I could sustain it long-term because I didn't want to start something, get a good following and then decide, oh, okay, I don't want to do this anymore or I can't because I've run out of topics. So I think for me, it was not fear of people judging, but it was more fear that would I be able to do this long-term? Because if I'm going to be putting all my effort, because especially when it comes to podcasts, you don't make a return on investment in terms of money until a certain point. That's right. And you have to keep going up until then. So I, at that point, I think I was more of in my business mindset where, it, yes, okay, am I going to sustain it that long enough for me to see a return on my investment in terms of money? And
0: you need so to have fun on one platform because that's how people get to know you and like you and trust you. Absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's all about that. I have a high <laughs> level of quality. I have a, I have an issue with not perfection because i post a lot of things that aren't perfect but i do believe in quality so i will talk to you for an hour and then take three hours taking out all the ums and ahs and that's and these and (laughs) (laughs) i need to you know have it be a little bit rougher i think the video piece i I run rough because it's like okay i don't think people watch video as much as Mm. listen they'll put on a podcast and clean their house or work Absolutely. on their car or drive their car uh, I don't think they're gonna sit there and watch me talking with somebody because I don't think video is as big as people make it out to be but that could be just me because I don't watch people talk to people on video <laughs> but I do listen to podcasts <laughs> and I do listen to audiobooks and I would rather do that than listen to music so you know sometimes it is all about our bubbles and our, prefer- our preferences
1: your audience is on podcasts. And I think that it also comes down to the people that you want to attract. I think judging by, you know, your personality and what you just said, I think you want people who want that that unfiltered, raw version of you, you know? And And I think that's amazing. And I think that's one of the reasons why I do like your podcast as well. You know, it's unfiltered, it's raw. It's just two people having a conversation so relaxed and uh, you know the kind of audience that you want to attract like that uh, because that is just who you are so i think that's that's just amazing
0: i live alone i work <laughs> alone i would go months without talking to people this is
1: awesome
0: <laughs> <laughs> i totally get that i totally get that so you good. know like this is just <laughs> great i get to talk, and i get to have interesting conversations with yes Interesting people who are intelligent. It's. I'm not saying it's hard to find interesting intelligent people. It's not. Uh-huh. It's just having those interesting, intelligent conversations aren't something you have with friend or something. Because usually they're talking about their husband, their boyfriend, their kids. And I really enjoy having these kind of conversations. How do you do this? And how do you do that? Because there isn't I any mean, just one way. I'm really enjoying talking to other people brand storytelling people you know that's, it's yeah I'm learning amazing. from you and it's it's great yeah I
1: think that's one of the biggest things that you've like talked about in this is that there is no one way to do things I, I love that that is so so true and I think that this is something that I always tell my clients as well because I think that as a business owner I get it you know you see one business doing something and you're like oh my god I have to only do that way to achieve success. Yep. And I don't think that's true at all. And and you bring up such a valid point. There is no one route to success. There are so many different ways to get to where you what
0: de- you define as success? So Well, that's amazing. just it. That's one of those words that have multiple meanings depending Absolutely. on what your value system is. Absolutely. You know? So That's true. It's So what is success to you, Brit? Let's throw that in your court. (laughs) Let's define
1: this word for fun. Okay, before I get into my definition of success, I do want to put out there that this is something that I have always believed in as a kid and growing up. It's something that my parents have taught me and I want to share that with your audience because I think Mm -hmm. it's just... A very cute way of looking at life and a good way of looking at life i guess i would say so for me i think that all of us are in our own races i don't think that i'm in your race and i don't think that you are in someone else's race i've got my own track i've got my race i've got my end goal and that end goal is whatever i define as success and i think just having this approach to life has made me so much more appreciative of other people's journey around me you know i no longer have that sense of competition i don't think that someone else's success is what i should be believing my success should be Mm -hmm. so i think that's a really like a positive way that my parents have taught me to live life and i just wanted to share that defining my success be happy in whatever I am doing, you know, finding that passion and living every day passionately, living an extraordinary life would be success to me. And for me, I don't define it in terms of money because I think that beyond a certain point, money actually is detrimental to a fulfilling life. I I truly believe that. So for me, I think it would be ultimately me doing what I love, being around the people that I love I don't know having that passion to help people around me in whatever little way that I can I think that would be a very fulfilling life and that would be success at the end of the day when I'm 80 or 90 years old and I look back and I've lived each day uh, being passionate about what I do and being around the people I love i think i would consider that a huge success and i do consider myself a success right now because that is precisely what i'm doing yes the money is coming in yes to an extent that does make me happy but what i consider as success is that the lives of people that i'm changing around me the business owners who feel so much more confident with either my free resources or my paid resources The people around me who feel so much more happy um, in terms of my personal relationships or, you know, my professional relationships. And I'm doing what I love. At the end of the day, that, that means so much to me that I get to do what I love and I'm actually making a living out of it. So... I think that's a long way
0: to go about defining success but i think that's the great thing about success because it's not about your bank account thank yes. god because it was about my bank account i'd be in a lot of trouble <laughs> right about now um oh same here <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i had a really good bank account one time anyway so uh, (laughs) I think
1: as a business owner it's perpetually like oh I think it's always like even though regardless of how much you're earning your expenses will always you know overshadow it or at least come very very close to it I think as a business owner it's just it's just a thing that we have to figure out for the rest of our uh, entrepreneurial journey
0: yeah yeah no like and I look back on my life it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a joke, because if I asked my 20 year old self what was success, they would look at my life right now and ask me, what the hell did <laughs> I do with their dreams? Because like when I was 40, it definitely would have been, what have you done <laughs> now at 48? they would have been, my 20 year old self would be going, OK, this ain't so bad. This is, you know, you're your writer. That's awesome. I wanted to be a writer. You know, you did the, you worked on a couple of campaigns. Yeah, no, it just isn't for us. Okay, we got that. You know, so that kind of thing is happening. But if I ask my 30-year-old self, well, how do you feel about where I am now? My 30-year-old self would be like, what'd you do with all my stuff? I mean, we had a house. We had a husband. We had a middle-class lifestyle. We had two kids that lived with oh. us. We had stuff. We had, we had closets full of clothes. We had uh, <laughs> rooms full of things that we enjoyed doing. Where, where is it all? <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> but you know, kids grow up, move out, you get divorced. When you get divorced, most of the time the house gets sold. I'm very fortunate now because I'm looking at my life going, I live downtown Vancouver. When I was in my 20s, I wanted to live downtown Vancouver. Aww. I live in downtown Vancouver now. When I was in my 20s, I wanted to be a writer. I am a writer now. When I was in my 20s, I wanted to work for a magazine. Well, I create my own magazines now. So I just made it happen. Yes. (laughs) My point is though that success can change depending on your cycle of life, right? When I was, my kids were young, it was important to me to have the house the husband, the middle-class lifestyle, the neighborhood, the right, everything. Living in the land of should, as I say. Oh, yes. But once those kids are up and gone, your life changes
1: happens (laughs) yes absolutely i mean if i were to look at my 16 year old self uh you know hopeless romantic uh, by the age of 25 get married uh you know have kids by 30 all of those things i mean those were my dreams and my and then at 22 I, i think um i think my success what i defined as success was being a millionaire or you know having seven figure income yeah but i think as you grow up as life happens I think that you also learn how to pivot and when you start to understand yourself better as you grow up, understand what truly matters to you at the end of the day, I think it's different. I think it changes. I think it has to change as well. The goals and the success that you figure out, you perceive to be today will definitely be different as you grow up, as you enjoy your different experiences, as you have different life experiences and I think that's the beauty of life you know I mean imagine if you had the same goal for the rest of your life that would be so boring you know if you define success and then you get there and then you're like okay now now what what? (laughs) now what What do I do (laughs) like what's next you know I mean I think just having that, that difference in what you define as success through the ages, one, it gives you something beautiful to look back on. Like, mm-hmm. I can see the smile on your face, Shannon, as you- Oh yeah, now out. I'm laughing. Now I'm yeah, laughing. Yeah, now you're laughing. <laughs> Five years ago? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that's beautiful. And secondly, I think that it just, I think at the end of the day, when you look back, it takes you to where you finally need to be you know, and I, I believe in destiny, I believe in fate. So yeah, I think eventually you will achieve what you want to achieve, what you truly desire. Yeah. It may not be what you think it is at the moment, but at the end of the day, I feel that we all do
0: end up with the life that we want. Yes. Our journey is, you know, our journey in life goes from one to the other. I mean, yes, it, absolutely. it is a journey. It isn't a start and a destination. The story, Our story, our personal story, our brand story, whatever it is, happens in the middle.
1: Yes, the journey is the success I feel honestly sometimes when I look at it coming from the from US to India how devastating it was gut-wrenching it was and if I look back at that point just getting up out of my bed was a success for me and you know looking at those little little definitions of success that I've had and I have achieved and overcome and the new ones that I create every day would define success to me I think it's it's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. And I think that's what makes my life so enriching. Well,
0: that's great. And then we're coming up on the hour and I hate to yes. do this because I just love talking yes. to you. I'm gonna have to be <laughs> back on. Hopefully in our conversation, somebody is getting either some really good laughs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or some really good gems of information to help them find their brand stories and build out their digital footprints. So print. Mm-hmm. thank you very much. Where can people find you?
1: Oh, you can find me everywhere, I think. I'm The Marketing Nomad on YouTube, on podcast, on Instagram on twitter where else facebook as well uh but yes i am the marketing nomad i will give shannon all my links i Perfect. think she will be able to put that in her description as well but yeah definitely catch me on any of these platforms on instagram i'm my goofy self i do bollywood dancing i'm doing fun reels podcast it's mostly marketing tips for business owners entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and then on youtube i usually talk about topics that will help you lead a more enriching life so that's where I'm at.
0: Well, I'm really glad that you came on. I'm really glad that I met you and Thank look you. forward to uh, talking with you again and maybe collaborating on something in the future. Yes, this great. I know that.
1: Was so exciting. Thank you so much, <laughs> Shannon, for having me on. It's been an absolute
0: honor. And thanks for tuning in to Brand Appeal, where we talk about brand storytelling in the digital age. I'm your host, Shannon Peel. You know, I really enjoyed talking with Prit today. She's a breath of fresh air. I got a lot of great laughs. If you are a marketing professional, branding professional, and you would like to come onto Brand Appeal, please check out marketappeal.com and connect with me to set up a time where we can chat about brand storytelling in the digital age. Peel out.